to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It's a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Uh, Special episodes tonight. They're all special episodes in this age of quarantine, aren't they? Uh, Is uh, an old friend of mine, an old friend and compatriot who I am very excited to announce has a wonderful new record under the name Stuff Spider. Uh, of course, I know him most from his excellent, uh, as in excellent to the point that defining a city for me, band Hoag, which he now no longer lives in, which I know a little uh, something two or three about. Uh, of course, I'm talking to Mr. Matt Parrish. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's going on? I was trying to figure when when's the last thing we actually was it ten has it been ten years? Uh I I don't know. I don't even know technically which the last time would count as. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly been ten years. I'm sure that it's been ten years. I think I think it was a it was a Bay Area show. And the reason and the reason why I say that is because I, I know there was one unfortunate event that happened in my old neighborhood with you that I'm sure you're maybe not looking to uh, re- relive. Uh, but it was the time <laughs> after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I feel like you guys played in in Boston post that period, probably. Maybe we did. Uh, I don't remember. It's kind of. I was trying to work this out, like, also uh, with if I had a hi fi about like, hey, who played what, where, when, et cetera, et cetera. And we just we ended up just coming to no conclusions at all. It's like, well, was it there? But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the last time we played in the Bay Area was probably two thousand and seven. It was the it was uh, 2006 or seven Hemlock I think if I remember correctly I don't remember who else yeah yeah we played at Hemlock we played at a like a house show like in West Oakland somewhere um I don't know yeah it was a long time ago <laughs> anyway that's a that's a that's a long two minutes of explanation to say that it's been a while since we've since we've talked to each other <laughs> seen each other uh, but you you've been very busy and I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it stuff Spider Man this this is uh, yeah. This is cool. It's it's maybe not exactly what people who only know from your bands would necessarily expect. Can you tell us a little about how this record came to pass? It's a little more like almost like soundtracky kind of um, found sound ish, found sound ish. Sure. There's a lot of found sound stuff on there. Like I was doing. I mean, like I I have a gigantic stack of tapes that go back to like 1995. That like I was just a kid that liked to record stuff all the time. Um, so I have tapes of like. 
walking around town tapes like we'd stuff a tape recorder in a backpack and walk around the mall and see what you could like back into or whatever um what kind of weird conversations would happen there is a, there really is a, an enormous freight train going right right outside the door here <laughs> hopefully uh, i heard found sound just and went in just, on the action that's <laughs> it's gone actually that's the end of it but i think that that yeah that perhaps lends a little bit of the stuff spider ambiance to this exactly stuff the next stuff spider album begins now it's it's just this yeah 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 um but yeah i don't know there was a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff and um beyond that i had i had stopped doing music with hoag and, and with any bands in particular um a while ago like eight, eight years ago basically um and we moved here to nashville um and so i was like learning how to do all this kind of electronic stuff and synth stuff and figure out how to program things figure out program drum beats and use synths and and use midi and all that kind of stuff and put it together um and then it kind of melded into this this uh this vibe that is happening on this did it start off as a hey i want to find a way to be creative knowing full well that i'm moving away from my entire support system scene and uh, <laughs> and everything else and let's find a new way to do this or was it something you just had the idea to do something kind of different ahead of time and the form followed the function it was both it was it was all that kind of stuff it was it was um yeah i mean i had i you know i was married and we had a um uh, to my wife christina and we had a baby who's now seven years old and when we moved to nashville we were um it was like a new situation like in boston like we were you know young in our 20s and, and had this had you know had music to go create a, a scene around and mm -hmm. like meet people and and you know create the support system like you said and here it was like a totally different totally different setup um so did you yeah, have any was, roots there, was, there or was it kind of like starting from zero we had no yeah. i had no roots at all i knew like two people when we moved here right um so yeah like doing stuff on a computer doing stuff in you know in at your home by yourself was kind of like this is how i could get stuff done mm -hmm. um and it was also just like a a skill set that is a, was a cool skill set to, to develop i felt like anyway you know well, because you've kind of created something that, uh, to a certain degree, you can you can do it anywhere as long as you have I ideas, <laughs> right? You can you can like bring the yeah you, yeah you. It was able. It was weird because I could do that, and then like actually bringing all the tape stuff in was like a way of contextualizing all that and put yeah. it putting it in a place. Um, it kind of giving it some personality. I feel like the music stuff has its own personality, but like just really injecting it with with this uh this found sound stuff that like was really it's it's basically indecipherable <laughs> on the record but like it all has like these weird personal meanings to me all this all these different little snippets are like things that i can picture really vividly in my head when this happens so it, it added this this autobiographical layer to the whole thing well yeah i mean was it something i think anytime you get something like this it's you know, people are going to be like, "Oh, it's soundtracky. It sounds like a you know soundtrack to a film that doesn't exist yet." Which, yeah, which, yeah. which of course is cool. But it's, it seems like anytime there's a certain type of music, that's always what what's said. Did you have the idea? But I guess in this case, what, I, what I'm driving at is that it actually feels kind of soundtrackish, like as if you were trying to 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 do that. Was it something where? You know, it's not that it's it's not foregrounded as music, but it's not necessarily meant to be in the background, but it's meant to evoke uh, mood. And was yeah, that, was that for a big sure. factor for this? 
I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was like a conscious thing, but I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot of the music that I listen to is, is that way. Um, most of the music that, that is on, that I've been doing for the last several years is not, there's no like grand design to it or anything. A lot of it's mm -hmm. just kind of sitting down and like stealing, stealing an hour or two away here and there and like seeing where, seeing where I go with it, you know? Yeah. And I think soundtrack, soundtrack music makes, is, is just kind of a natural place to go. Yeah, that's how like that. pe people process things in the way that they process things, and you know, there's 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 nothing wrong with that. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't diminish it or like make it you know immediately in the same category as any other thing that's a soundtrack. But I think it's it's a way to understand what you're going to be hearing that it isn't you know the Beach Boys necessarily like you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. But I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like an a not an inaccurate way to to uh, to describe it. Like it's. There's, there's like elements that feel like fully work and that kind of thing yeah. and, and old school old school soundtrack music um and that's i mean i'm I'm happy i'm happy to to have it thought of that way you know i think that's great well i was just i just i happened upon the good bad and the ugly recently uh, -huh. uh the movie the good bad and the ugly and of course like yeah. the, the the music like looms so large in that movie <laughs> like like with, without the Morricone soundtrack basically have, you know, dudes sort of like glaring at each other and like, <laughs> and, and glowering and, and, and it's, it's, it oh. works and becomes something special and amazing because of the music as the music takes like a, such a big uh, part, took such a big role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you took the sound out of that movie, it would, it would be, <laughs> it would make no sense really. Right. Like you're just like, why, why is this still, ha why are we still looking at their eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> these, this, these guys sure do this, like sneering. <laughs> yeah. The show, like the showdown at the end, it's like, yeah. it's like six or seven minutes long and it's just the guys looking at each other. Yeah. And it's amazing, um, but yeah, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hit the same way without that music. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, no, I felt like, um, I tried to really develop like those kind of those those kind of like it's kind of like these the climactic moments that are really subtle mm -hmm. um and kind of go and, and just like take you through there and like you you have to kind of uh you have to kind of submit to them a little bit and not really not really like go in the on, and there's not really rhythm or, or anything like you're kind of just living in that for a little while you know i wanted to have like sort of an ecosystem Sure. And, and since we're kind of, and, and by we, I mean me, because I'm hung up on the movie aspect of it. Uh, yeah. there, there are a couple samples, like there's um, like two kind of obscure, like a, uh, like a Russian uh, wings. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there's just a Pitko um, film. And then, a, um, yeah, World on a Wire is the other one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, which was like this old German, like made for TV kind of series. It's sort of like a proto matrix plot where like they realize that they're in this like this uh, uh computer construct of a of a world and right. nobody can really like determine like who's you know it's like a it's a proto matrix almost like blade runner kind of a kind of a situation yeah and it's it, it's in that weird kind of era of sci-fi where it's like it's like oh i had no idea that there was all this like inventive stuff that just never you know was too heady or weird or didn't have like the or marketing budget behind it uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's like a whole 
that's the whole theme of like a lot of the stuff I was I was getting I was I was going through in that in that tape or like I was making this music. Yeah. Was like that idea of like um uh just sort of like discovering stuff that's that's old, that's like old seems old. Mm-hmm. Like Foss seems old to anyone that's What's our Fassbender? age. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And uh but it's not that old. And then like and it's like I feel like there's this there's this this irony that we all have to go through as we grow older where we're like all right that that came out i don't know like six years before i was born <laughs> and uh it's you know and through most of your life you're like that's ancient history man that's i don't relate to that at all and then like sooner or later you start to realize like this stuff is not that old and i yeah relate to it i relate to it more and more the older i get and it's like not you know it's it doesn't seem out of out of my experience at all you have some yeah. affinity to it that maybe you you didn't quite realize at first because you're coming out with preconceived notions or uh, you know generational bias biases Bi- bias biases. biases. I don't know. I don't know what the plural of that is. You I had a bias that now. was caused by your generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, like we all we all go through that thing where you suddenly real you have like that relativity moment where you're like oh my god nirvana yeah. is as old as elvis was <laughs> right now or whatever and you're like none of this matters anymore i had the completely wrong time frame on any of this stuff growing up yeah um, and that's and that's heavy and that's also you know you're someone's continued to make music after the um the sort of preconceived end date that a lot of people uh, attribute without merit or uh, thought behind it towards what people think of when when uh, folks are in bands and making records and things along those lines, and there's uh-huh. there, there's always that aspect of like okay, I guess I'm doing this. I'm an artist, and I'm going to make this art now, despite the fact that it's it's an uncaring, unfeeling world that is not desperately craving my particular brand of nuance. Yeah, I mean, it becomes a practice. It becomes kind of like a meditation and just like a, a personal practice. Um, that like that that film Wings have hits on that in a little in a weird way. Like I didn't. I, I'm try. I'm not trying to be like direct about it. I try. To, like clearly, I'm not trying to be direct about any of these samples. <laughs> right. Otherwise, I would have used the samples that were in English. Um, <laughs> so, like you know, that film is like this. 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 Uh, like. Soviet hero um, uh, fighter pilot who's back, you know, back in in the real world, like in the late fifties, early sixties, and like going about like being a being a like a schoolmaster and like yeah. living this, being in the doldrums, and just like not knowing what to do with her life. And every now and then she'll like scoot through the the museum, the war museum, and see her photo up on the wall. And uh, and that you know, I, that's I'm not I wasn't a World War Two uh fighter pilot hero or anything like that but like that there was there's like you know there's some recognition we're like okay i am i'm in a different life now and like every now and then i can like go through the old museum and uh i don't know have you seen this this movie like all the way to the like there's a it kind of like ends in a really weird beautiful yeah i saw this i I actually have seen that movie but i saw it maybe 20 years ago so it's like one of those things where it's like yeah i remember that was pretty good and i remember like like the broad strokes of what it was about but i I can't um but it's it is hilarious because i'm actually going through and and seeing a lot of you know kind of pseudo expressionist russian uh brutalist cinema recently so it's like one of the things like oh yeah probably could have like rewatch that if i if i wanted to you know things like uh stalker and come and see and stuff like that where it's just like there's this whole era of like that those films i just 
I don't know. I just wasn't paying attention. And uh, but it's interesting that it, it expresses a certain ennui, but you know, not necessarily like a nostalgic uh, melancholy or anything, but kind of like acknowledgement of the past in a way that I feel like Russian culture is very good at doing where it isn't like being yeah. overwhelmed or overtaken by it. Like, you know, the character still moves forward, but there's like this idea of, you know, that which has happened before that, which may, or may yeah. not be lost depending on the current mood of the person. Yeah. There's the careful accounting for, <laughs> for all of that. Yeah. So um, that therefore it makes it an interesting choice for the record because it, well, first of all, it's just, you know, if you have a predominantly English speaking audience and they're just here like some cool stuff in russian you know it, it just sounds cool too there's also that oh that sounds cool what are they saying oh. yeah yeah i mean I, I there as i went through that like i think like we we all grew up with like really sample based heavy sample music not even like you know sample drum beats but just like music that like a sample was like you know that's a trope of music from the late 80s and, and 90s like it's either like living color or or public enemy or Beastie like anybody boys. like it's, it's how you accentuate it's how you yeah. it's how you punctuate your point right and um i didn't want to like i had a lot of other samples picked out and like anytime i'd use them it's like this is way too on the nose i don't really want to i don't want to go here especially like when this came out like you know where it's this is like 2020 and there's we're leading up to the election and there's lots of stuff on your mind as you as you're doing creative sure yeah work that year and so any you know anything that I would pick just just felt a little too a little too corny. So yeah, I definitely went. I was like, I'm gonna I'm going, I'm gonna go very obscure, <laughs> and just kind of let it, let things seep into seep into how this works. Um, well, then you're allowing the context to be what the context is, and that means that it can have maybe a different context in a different life later on when you know you aren't staring down that particular barrel of that particular gun. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You hear you hear that all the time with with uh, like you know punk punk bands singing about Reagan in the eighties. You're yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know, pe people now are like, why am I? Why do I want to listen to this? <laughs> yeah, that's not my. That's not I. You know, I'll always listen to a, a, a Reagan song. That's fine with me. Yeah, but for sure, like that that dates it. <laughs> yeah, California Uber always like still slams, but it's like really this is what this is what you're complaining about, huh? Okay, <laughs> different times. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I had a lot of I had a lot of stuff in mind that was maybe like more more vague than than like anything that was happening in twenty twenty in particular. But well, you you got know. some of this stuff from from all over. I mean, this is this is like yeah, not like it's hey, what's outside my door? Oh, it's a garbage collector, cool. You know, I mean, which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But like I, you know, there there's yeah yeah, kind of a wild. Uh, there's a there's a wild smattering like a smorgasbord of different sound from, from uh, different places and different things and how do you even begin like do you make notes on like stuff you think it's cool and that like you got to remember to use or is it like yeah like, like I, burrow's cut up method like how do you even put all something like this together i did yeah i did a lot of that i did i, I did a lot of just like tapes throwing tapes onto a onto a hard drive um in kind of a mad dash and then trying to go through it um, systematically, I didn't really like. I tried to get the tape on at once because I had a four track attached to the to the, um, to the computer, and I didn't want that out too long because it's in the way and a mess. So I got that I got that out of the way really quickly, and then kind of like I sort of 
so we would have cataloged all that stuff and then we just would go through it and like you know i'd spend a couple of days like cataloging stuff and cutting it up into like little usable bits and then seeing where they can go a lot of it a lot of it is like textural honestly like there wasn't a ton of stuff that was just like here is a song that's that's clearly about um you know this particular thing so i need to use this sample really it, it was more it was more textural and how does it, how does it sound with this bit how's it tied together did, but um did you ever have any like nice surprises of just like oh i didn't expect that to that to hit how it does that's kind of interesting. yeah like um there's some places where it was like you know a kid you know like a kid might be screaming in the background at like a, an arcade or something and it's just like a kid screaming at a mall it's not a big deal like you hear that everywhere but like if it's if it's like placed in a certain spot it has this weird cathartic release, yeah. you know, like a lot of it. It's, it's you mostly don't know why all the kids screaming, like when, when it's removed from context, like what's going on? It's, yeah, it's like a horror film. <laughs> exactly. Um, which I, I'm sure, like being at the mall with screaming kids feels that way <laughs> to a lot of people it anyway. Definitely be a horror film for sure. <laughs> this is a mundane one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. It was, and it was like taking those pieces and flipping them, and, and you know, once once they get to a certain point. Um, in the in the process, they're not really what they were. Yeah, you know, to begin with, I'm not thinking them. I'm not thinking of it as like here's this clip from when I was uh, 22 or in my dorm room or something or that kind of thing. Like a lot of them, some of them are still really tightly um, connected that way, but okay. m- most of it's just sound. I think. I normally think uh, the whole band name thing is maybe the dumbest question you can ever go for but for something this like heady and kind of i don't know academic maybe the wrong term but like how did you how did you settle upon calling it under the stuff spider moniker stuff spider is a it's a uh, it's a reference to a, a stuffed animal that my kid has it's oh. a huge stuff it's a huge spider um that we got <laughs> like a rainforest cafe it was on it was on sale it was like 75 percent off because it's an ugly creepy spider <laughs> that it's nobody a, it's wants a, it's a niche interest i think is the, the, the it's a, yeah <laughs> it's it's totally an like a, a yeah it's a niche uh pet like it you know it's yeah. it's not anywhere near as in demand as as the sloth right yeah sloths are so, there's, there's a universality yeah. to a sloth i think i don't know there's something about there's something about how they interact with the world that I think is, is actually uh, hit the zeitgeist in an interesting way. I think maybe that's like how some people feel like when they're, when, you know, stuff's flying around them. There's a, like, <laughs> they're incredible, stuff. right? Like that's yeah. a, it's a, that's a MVP of YouTube is the sloth videos. Yeah. Those oh, things it's, are, it's, it's solid gold. I mean, you can't, if you could only, <laughs> yeah, if we wrong. could only be as, if you could be as chill as a sloth, you'd be in good shape. Yeah, if you are watching this show later on YouTube, turn it off and go watch a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> I love exclusively sloth-related content on this on that channel from here forward. <laughs> uh, but you you have the spider, the, the stuffed spider, which which is it's interesting because it is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so hard to like have a band or project name or whatever that hasn't been done to death, right? And I'm like oh, stuffed spider. Yeah, all right, I know what that is. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was I've been reading a ton of uh, Silver Surfer. Lately, I've been reading a bunch of old, a bunch of old comics to, yes. to Marsden, to my kid. 
Um, and I love the old um, Silver Surfer. I got like I got really into like that S um, alliteration. Um, and when you read the old Silver Surfer, that's like the thing that they that yeah. they do. I wouldn't have understood that like when I was like seven when I first got these comics. But like, it is hardcore S alliterated everywhere. It's like as much. It, they just had a dictionary open. <laughs> they like, uh, they, they had it open to S, more. and they're like, "All right, I need yeah." Two S words and a line of Coke. Let's go. Yeah, it's like like Stanley had a quota. He's like, we're not putting this one out yeah. unless I get 50 S's in this thing. Your boys, just show it 10 S's on this one. Otherwise, it's a great issue. Exploder, like head explode, right? That's what that is. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I took a dry yarn after Oberschule. Expect him to do so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not that good. I have a. I have a. I have a German mother. Uh, mother-in-law. And oh, I, nice. I, she does nothing but but uh, ridicule me when I try and speak German. So. <laughs> my my I my favorite. I don't try it. My favorite diss slash just just. Uh, harsh articulation of maybe my language skills not being where they should be was talking attempting to you know thinking i was being all fancy talking to a, a german fan an email and he said that my german was like a child's trying to speak with a mouthful of marbles <laughs> damn <sighs> yeah it's not like with germans they're not they don't even 
bother ridiculing your grammar. It's just it's your more your your diction and pronunciation. Yeah, just yeah. Well, because that's destroy that's what, you on. That's what it, the nuance is all, of all it is, right? So that's 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 where it gets you. That's everything is in your dirty and das and such. Uh, anyway, right. um, so what's what are the, what's the correlation between like all the different song titles and and the songs? It does the the song title inform the. Uh... That one. What's the correlation? between German and that song or should I say and just in I general just, so, just the songs in general so okay. that song has the world on the wire uh, sample in it up front um, but yeah I think like the general idea that that's happening I think across that whole across that whole tape is just like trying to figure out what what happens as as brains as like these these like masses these masses of population kind of like go into this, this sort of brainwashed culture mm -hmm. um which was something that was coming in you know that's that's like a that's a 2019 2020 hot topic yeah very hot topic um but also not really that hot of a topic when you look at the entire 19th 20th century like i think that's that's kind of like how what we've done to ourselves yeah. um throughout different different um phases in the last you know modern history um so there's a lot of stuff that kind of like just just like dips into the streams of thought in the last like hundred years that of, of that there's a lot of kind of like re-education kind of stuff there's there's obviously like a lot of soviet kind of um tiptoeing around with the with the shipiko stuff you're talking about and then um you know the album is called secret speech which is which was like a 50s uh, Soviet big deal uh, with Khrushchev and everything. Yeah. And trying to figure out like how not, I, I mean, I'm not trying to figure anything out with the tape, <laughs> but exploring that mindset of like how we, how we deal with um, getting each other to finding the line between getting each other to agree with things and getting each other to like be, be terrified of disagreeing. Yeah, using that context for things. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have, you know, did, did so? And, and again, what I was asking earlier was that if you, like, do you just have a, a log of titles that you <laughs> that, that you kind of imbue meaning into? No, it's serious. Or, or do, yeah, do, do yeah. songs as they develop kind of be like, this sounds like a, you know, <laughs> bromide. This sounds like Cartesian theater. Yeah. Um, I think like what, what in, in practice what happens is that I just have like a, I'll call something like big, like, I don't know, like big five beat because the song is in five and it has a big beat and that's what it's called for 90% of its life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, a lot of like the tying together conceptually comes towards the end when you kind of get a feel for like where the thing is going. Um, I can't think of any, I don't think any of these particular songs had like, this is totally the one that's going to talk about like, um, you know, North Vietnamese re-education camps or whatever. Right, right, right. But not, not, any, not any specific. Uh... <laughs> it's just kind of like, that's where it's going to go, um, you know, and it, it makes sense. And like, you know, I was, I was doing a certain amount of reading about that particular subject and like, I would hang on to it and like my notebook gets to be like, by the end of the thing and then like I'm going back and trying to figure out where my head was at throughout the whole thing and how can we how can we tie this together to make it an interesting full statement 
um, that feels like a journey, I guess, from from point A to point B. Yeah, and I guess we're still going dancing around like the compositional element of it, right? Like how, how it all uh, starts from point A and, and gets to point B. Yeah, so I just, just you know, and I guess what I'm going to have is it like, you know, the, the A to B, right? Like, you know, it starts with like an idea. It starts with, starts off somewhere, ends up somewhere else. And do you have things where you have like, hey, I got a concept for this. I have a concept for this song and let's find some stuff that fits that or does it more inform the other way around? Uh, I think it's, I think it's the, I think it's the other way around. I think it's like do the music figure out where it goes. And I think like we were saying earlier, like it's where, where it's a process and so it's like a, or a personal practice. Mm-hmm. Really, I think like this is, for me, this is just, um, this is just like a, a almost like a philosophical um, process of, of making, creating order out of things. And, you know, just like kind of spewing things into music and like kind of letting them be this formless I'm going to create this and let's see where it goes. I'm not really in charge here. Right. Um, really like, even, even if I'm, this is computer music, which I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. Like I I've, I've been learning on the job with this, with this tape. I don't know how to do this stuff. Like a lot of the stuff that you'll see or that you can hear on the tape is like the first time I did that, you know, like, wow, it's the first time I learned how to compress drums that way. Or it's the first time I learned how to like automate, um, uh, anything automate any any possible thing on a synthesizer you know and and it's like that's that's what that's that's what that is and that's just like a thing that's happening and then i'll try and like trying to make sense of all of it either from a compositional standpoint or from like an audio design standpoint or from how do we how does this make sense together as some kind of consumable statement well, and it also seems, I mean, like, because Hoag seems very much like a collaborative entity. Like, it, it was like a band you know, yeah, writing yeah. songs in a room, playing them at people, you know, playing them at <laughs> the engineer when you're recording them. You know, it, it, it's very much a, a collaborative entity. I mean, you don't have those other elements to yes and or sabotage in delightful ways uh, <laughs> the ideas. You're kind of left in a, in a vacuum. When you're working, we did well. The, right? Like how that band would work, and I, I try and basically set this stuff up the same way. And that I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of like jamming on my own. And this is, yeah, I'm just jamming on my own, and then doing it, throwing as much stuff onto a folder as I can, and then until I forget about it, <laughs> and then, then come back, and then I'm just the arranger, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of like how we did stuff in that band was we would just, just be in a room and like kind of make a mess for a while and put it on <laughs> put it on uh, you know record it all and then like a lot of times it would it would be me i'd go back and kind of like chop it up and make it make sense and like take this thing and put it with you know, just arranging songs basically um and yeah i mean the it, it was less work in a way because like everybody and everybody in hoag was an incredible musician yeah you know like i i was the weak link in that band um they were like really 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 everybody was really good and like they could come up with with stuff on the spot um and my my like main um my main strength was that i would work on something beyond the, the day that we were in the space right right you know like people would be in there and like just nail it 
just doing insane stuff. And then we'd all pack it up and go home. And then like three weeks later, I would be the one who'd be like, Hey guys, remember that thing we did? And people would be like, no, what, what thing? Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> no, we're going to do it. We're just going to do it over and over again. It's going to be a song now. Um, yeah, that was how that went. And like, I have like, there's, there's, um, I have a friend here that I was playing with a lot more before quarantine happened. And that was kind of like one of the things that was the impetus of this was that like, I, I had been playing with somebody, um, and we're still in touch, but we don't practice anymore because we're not yeah, hanging out in the same room. Yeah. And we had that we have that same kind of vibe going where we play. There's like 300 named songs we have sitting around. They're not really songs. They're just like things of a, of like a three hour long tape that we cut up and we're like, okay, I'm gonna name that. This is that riff, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Hoag was that in in. Going back to your original point, I think like we there was a lot of that just complete chaos, and then we'd like pull it together. Right, the embrace of said chaos as an ethos with the idea that you are indeed going to be going somewhere and isn't just chaos for chaos' sake. Yeah, yeah, um, and that was you know, and that was like kind of like our I guess our calling card was that we would do that, we'd pull it together for a song, and then like we would play, and it would just like barely hold together <laughs> but but it was it was Ever. a delightful ride it, it was like being on a on a vehicle that you know maybe you you had some doubts as as to its structural capabilities but it got you from point a to point b right which is apparently right like, i think like that was that was like I, I i don't think it was kind of by design like i think that's like how the the, the you know we i knew a lot of i knew like some of those the guys in hell like I, we grew up i grew up together with like we grew yeah. up like I knew since I was in sixth grade or whatever. So we grew up like going, like listening to bootleg tapes. And like, that's how, to me, like that's how you really like f figured out what it, what music was about was like hearing a band that you loved, hearing what they were like live. And sure, yeah. the, the ones that I liked the most were like the ones that were like unrecognizable basically. Yeah. yeah. Like you, there'd be an album that you had memorized and then like you finally get to hear it live in some weird show and some strange corner of the country and you're like this is one show on a tour probably of like 40 shows and like i can't recognize half these songs they're, like, they're mangling them they're right. putting you know they're putting covers in the middle of it or or they're you know they're just they're purposely making it hard to hard to understand what's going on um and for better or worse i guess that's like what <laughs> well i mean did, did you ever feel like cause i feel like i mean hoag was a pretty ripper live band like it was something that i think you could kind of you could kind of walk into it not knowing a single song and come away and be like wow that was great that was yeah that was or that was unexpected or you know come, come away <laughs> with a strong reaction and, and that's certainly one of the yeah. reasons why i kind of latched on uh to you guys that it's, it's especially well especially when you're just night after night seeing bands and most of them are just mediocre let's be let's be frank and yeah. Sure. Yeah, or yeah, they, yeah. Oh, you do that one thing by that one band, and that's what this band is. Okay, cool. I get it. Yeah. How much longer left in the set? Twenty nine minutes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there was people that had that thought. Like, I know that I'm sure there's people that head to the exits when when we would start playing because we, you know, we were like, we were really loud, loud really grating, raucous. yeah, really abrasive, like too much feedback most of the time. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Obnoxious. This is an this is an obnoxious fan, but yeah, I think like we were built to catch your attention, like kind of make you, you know, make you decide pretty early on, like you know, 
he knew if you were in or, or not. Is it time for you to get out? Should you should you get out of here now or not? You should yeah. go now. <laughs> well, but it's it's but you made the interesting records too, in the fact that it just kind of like you could tell where Hoag was coming from in some aspects, but then some aspects it was like, what are they? What what? was going on right for sure we didn't know where we were coming from i mean i I think like we didn't know i mean for one like we all had a different idea of what we were supposed to be doing how do you how do you feel um like uh not in a bad way but like you know like we had some of us who were like more from more like like coming from metal and from weird like i think a a lot of us like grew up thinking like you know we wanted to be like we had this like idea of being one of those like like weird 90s bay area bands that were like mm-hmm. 90s zappa basically yeah, yeah, yeah. um that, yeah, that, there's a lot of that in the bay area that, yeah and then there was like dudes who were like you know um super jazzy guys like our bass players were all well the you know like so our, our, our bass players would like go between like really really compositionally minded and really really jazzy and really really um theoretical um super jazzy drummer our drummer was a was a jazz like he you know went to school for that uh we did you know everybody had a different idea of what they were <laughs> of what it was that we were doing yeah but also like just me like going i didn't know what i was doing i moved i moved to boston in 97 and i didn't i was from you know from the suburb i was from the cornfields basically in, in ohio and i didn't know what a I didn't know how to handle myself in a city really. And uh, like for me, like a weird music was weird, like subcultural music was like stuff I saw in spin. Right. Like that was like my only, that, that was my your, your, uh, that. your cultural touchstone. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, when we got to, when I got to Boston we started doing band stuff, like I think like the people that we started the band with were similar and we were kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how to put ourselves in this in the city. Boston is a super diverse um, rock scene where there's like hardcore. There's people that only listen to Britpop. There's <laughs> right, yeah. mass art is there. Like you know, when we yeah. started playing, like Lightning Bolt was really huge, and that was that was like from you know Providence was like forever this this cooler city that was Nearby. less than an hour away, and 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 would like you know just wiped the floor with everybody because they were they were like so far out there and didn't care about whatever you thought it is that you were doing um so <laughs> i don't know like it was easy it was an easy city to feel like really lost in because like mm. everything was going on and you could go any direction and we kind of i don't think we ever really committed to any particular direction <laughs> we got lucky that i mean we got we got to be friends with people like like neptune really early on and um that that like was a real that was an anchor for us yeah i think because i don't know we could have we could have been like a circus music <laughs> after <laughs> you know like that we could have taken the left turn and been like on the oingo boingo cover band i mean have, have yeah you, we're have not that far away from the oingo boingo cover bands, bands to be honest but <laughs> you know I, I can say that that's a that's a bullet dodged for sure having played with some circus metal it's a bummer <laughs> I don't mind, like, I, I don't mind. There's hardly any genre that I, 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 like, really minded playing with. We play with Sleepy Time Grill Museum. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, 
they're great. They're, that that's a yeah, good I mean, side that, of that genre. Don't get me wrong. I'm it down with it. Sense. That was that was fine. I think like we we just never we were always like that band that kind of like we're in the middle. Yeah. Like no matter where we play with, we do one show and we were like too normal for for everybody there, and we play another show and we're like this is way too weird for this scene. So it was uh, it was interesting, and yeah, we had to we had to just be just in your face and and uh, I guess captivating or like urgent just to to get people to not worry about what style of music we were doing. So, so you, so stuff spiders secret speech. So you just want to double down on the alliteration with that, right? That was that's just f you if you get a lisp, you'll never speak this aloud. Is that? Yeah, I think that was. I guess that was where where it went. Yeah, um, <laughs> super super alliterated. Um, you can yeah sound like a snake. Secret speech. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you also did a another EP before this. That was the one you did for the um, the voter rights project, right? That came out a couple of year, a couple of years ago. That was yeah, and I was like, like everything that I, with this thing has been like looking. I think a lot of people are, are acting this way right now, where we're like we're just kind of creating these like these deadlines for ourselves to try and be yeah. um, be productive by. And that was like the first the first thing that that I did that I put put up on Bandcamp at least and invited people to download check out and hey there's um, a thing yeah and that was the vibe that was the vibe with that one um and all that music is you know, in the same vein as this pretty much um a lot of like weird collage and, and figuring out what i can do with the with the you know recording in renoise or ableton live or whatever i had going on with this with this kind of stuff um secret speech was the same way like i put that out what started actually with with um with quarantine um my friend dan who's in neptune has a label called wrong hole oh yeah archival bureau mm-hmm. um bureau and um he started putting together just putting out a call for like getting people um uh who are in that circle to put uh you know to to contribute to these compilations that were basically like stuff that they had done at home didn't matter what the setups were they were it, it's a it's a pretty experimental label so i can't remember how he worded it but it was essentially like you know it could be uh something you're doing that's that's a recording in progress where it can be like you just dropping some pots and pans down the <laughs> stairs or whatever and recording them like you know right, yeah, yeah. this is a this is a community project that we're that we're working on yeah um, the idea so was that like was the like doing of it, not necessarily the the perfect result necessarily. Yeah, yeah, and just like working, you know, building something together. Like so a lot of us on that on those comps know each other. A lot of us don't know. Like Dan knows everybody, obviously, but it's yeah. cool to be a part of that. And that's you know how anything in in different music scenes comes together. Like somebody's sort of an anchor, and uh, they pull in work from everybody in their orbit, pretty much. And yeah. If you're if you're lucky as part of that, you might like bump into somebody else who's like-minded or who compliments you in an interesting way. And um, so that was really fun, and it was like just kind of an honor to be a part of that whole crew because it was like people that I had known, people that I didn't know but sort of knew and knew of, and had admired their work from from afar. Um, and then um, we agreed to put this tape out, and that was like all the. Uh, that was all the motivation I needed, really. And it was it was nice, you know. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, that, sorry, sorry. There's like a gong that I'm, that I'm doing because the story's boring or something that's literally just a spring that's, that was in an opportune place and I'm fiddling with, around the thing. So that, that's, uh, so that was the first, the EP, the Lame Enter First was like the first like release then for stuff. Yeah. Story, right. Yep, yep, yep. How long had you been uh, kind of putting stuff together before that though? Because it had been a while since you moved. I have been doing that like, Oh, I have been doing that since I moved here, basically. Um, Cause I had uh, essentially like, I, I didn't have an eight track that worked in. I didn't have any way to record music anymore. I didn't have like a way to multi-track stuff. Like I, that's how I had done stuff since I was like 18 was yeah. like using a four track or an eight track or whatever. Um, and I didn't have that capability anymore. So I started using um, Ableton to, you know, either do, you know, mix samples together or um, program MIDI stuff together. And then um, my friend Ryan Brown, who's the most recent Hellwag bass player, yeah. um, he was he was using um, Renoise, this program Renoise a lot to, to compose music. And Renoise is this weird like tracker, like sample um, tracker that's, uh, it's kind of willfully, uh, uh, willfully obtuse. It's hard to, it's hard to use. It's like, it's just weird. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah. It looks like scroll. It just looks, it's one of those programs that just looks like scrolling code kind of as oh, you, gotcha. once you hit play, it's yeah. just like numbers flying past you. Yeah. You're in the matrix. And, and now, I, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, I should, this, I gotta learn how to use this thing. This is like the most insane looking <laughs> program to be using. Right. Um, and to my detriment, probably, cause it, I mean, that added probably three years <laughs> to my learning curve. Um, but like, I don't know, I was doing a lot of stuff for a long time. And I, 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 my first project was doing a bunch of like surf covers. Like mm-hmm. I figured out really early on that like, I wasn't gonna get anywhere. Cause I was, I, I'm just, I get really focused on stuff. If, when I'm learning a new platform or whatever, I'll, I'll learn how to do like one thing and it right. sounds cool. It's not even like that that cool sounding, but like I'll get I'll get it, and then like okay, I need to I want to make a song out of that, even though I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So I so I started to just like arrange surf songs instead because then there's like you know there's a form that you have to work toward already. Yeah. You're not you're not just like oh cool this is a weird bloopy sound. That's that's, that's a song now. <laughs> right. This is now my Which, song. This bleep bloop. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. Right, right, like that, and that's because that's my. Yeah, um, who are you? Fight a hi-fi? Hey. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Up, DJ. <laughs> all, uh, all, all the love to the hi-fi guys, uh, but yeah, you're, you're, you're. If you've got like a sort of defined motif to start with, then you kind of use that to. To get to get there. Yeah, yeah. Say like I, you know, like how I need to do an arpeggio, and I, and like this isn't it's not correct until I do like this proper, do it in the proper, to the chord structure that's already there. It's not yeah. like I can't cheat and be like, well, it sounds cool anyway. I'm just gonna leave it like that, which is how a lot of the music that I end up doing is. It's like, that sounds cool. Let's build something around that. I'm not sure how to change it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's always, you know, making the limitation part of the conceit of the, of the project is, you know, nothing wrong with that. That's- I, yeah. Exactly. Creativity is, uh, it's, it's based on limitations, right? Is that, that's not really even how you say that. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, what, I was, what I was attempting to ask earlier with, with my particular creativity Sorry. being uh, limited by technical difficulties, was just the, the move from, from 
Boston and Nashville. That's a big move culturally. A big move. It's it's a distance wise a big move too. I assume that was like yeah. a, like you know was it cost of living? Like what was the what did you see a change of pace? Like what what drove that originally? And then as far as yeah. like being a place to create, do you, fi- do you find that that's been a been good for you or is it? It's a, it's yeah. I mean, moving to Nashville was um, largely a cost of living. Um, decision uh we you know when we moved here we had a six-month-old baby right and it seems kind of unrealistic to to make that happen in boston uh especially like with the with the work that we were doing at that point we weren't wasn't you know it was going to be rough um so we moved we moved here we were either going to move to Chicago or here. Our, both of our families are from the Midwest. Um, Christina's family is on basic outside of St. Louis and mine's in Ohio. Um, so we wanted to go somewhere that was kind of sort of equidistant to both of those places. Sure. Um, and Nashville seemed like more of an adventure than Chicago. Um, Chicago is awesome, really amazing city, but um, you know, Nashville just seemed a little bit different. Yeah. So, that's what we went with and it's it's been it's been really good since we got here it's been um you know it changes really fast it's like any other city like you know it's oakland is the same way like you know um and and boston was the same way when i was there and brooklyn was the same way where it's just kind of like the city is not what it was 10 years ago it's not what it was 15 years ago it's like very quickly gentrifying and all that kind of stuff yeah that kind of seems to be a story that's happening for almost every city though so it's like it used to be like, oh, so and so used to be so different. Now it's like, yeah, everywhere used to be so different. <laughs> everywhere, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been, um, yeah. I mean, like, so you're in? Are you in Milwaukee now? Yeah, yeah. I moved to Milwaukee right? uh, three, like three and a half years years ago. Oh God, hold on. Yeah, I guess I guess it's about four years now because like I feel like this last year did is just suspended animation. Like nothing's right. happened, so I feel like the last year hasn't happened. But it's been it's been over four years at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is it like? Because I mean, you 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 were leaving kind of the same situation in Oakland as yeah. we were in in Boston. I'm I sure. The same questions like, about it. Oh, why'd you do that? You know, do you have family there? Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody. Like I knew when I came here, I knew there was a guy that I went to high school with that was doing music here. And there's a guy from Boston who had done music and was like doing a ton of music here yeah. now. Um, and outside of those people, I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew anybody. I think, yeah, I had. I think I had like a, a distant sort of uh, extended family person here, right? Um, who moved promptly after we moved here. Um, but the idea but, is you wanted to have your own your own space here that you could call your own. You know. We wanted to have our own space. Like we, we weren't thinking creatively, honestly, when we came here. It was like let's 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 get our footing, um, and see what we can see what we can do. Um, you know, it's you, you have a front yard, we have a backyard. I'm in a I'm in a shed that we built like a studio in our backyard, this little studio. Um, so that stuff, like none of that stuff, we could have pulled off. Yeah, good luck trying to do any of that in Boston. Exactly. <laughs> we could have. I mean, you know, like it's also like a totally different lifestyle. Like we came here, um, whenever people ask about like the scene or, or like music in Nashville, it's like, I, my, my basic response is like, you are not asking a qualified person. <laughs> that's not what, it's not why you're there. To that's talk why. about that. Yeah. yeah. Like I could tell you all about Boston music from 10 years ago, but like I, I came here as somebody who has a kid 
and my social life is going to uh going to daycare and now going to like pta meetings yeah and um we meet you know we're we live in a cool part of town we meet cool people we meet like music people and and um we have a lot of like restaurant owner buddies um which we're really lucky um to have that because those are like really plugged in people who who have a you know who who have really connect really good connection to the city and that's like a great way to find out to about tap into place. that yeah, yeah yeah um but like music wise like i wouldn't i wouldn't pretend to like i wouldn't pretend to like give you the score on what it's like to do music in nashville really like i have friends friends of friends who do stuff and you know some friends who do things but like I wouldn't uh, wouldn't take my word for it, you know. Like I'm not a guy who goes out to shows all the yeah. time, but obviously right now for sure. But even beforehand, I don't know. It's a, it's a different city for sure. Like it's a it's a more musically professional city than what I was used to. Yeah, music more as an industry rather than like a, uh, a, a, a. This is a thing that you know is also done in addition to like the primary things that are done in in that city. Yeah, but then interestingly, like you know, sp- kind of more specifically tuned to a certain genre that we'll go ahead and say that is not necessarily the one that you're from. Yeah, I mean there there's a lot there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like weirdo indie rock going on here. Um, but yeah, like the the headliner is is always like CMA type stuff and yeah. country. But there's but you know like I don't I wouldn't say there's any less like weird kind of punk stuff going on than, than in a lot of cities here. There's, you know, there's a lot of really capable people who are like, who want to get weird with whatever music they're doing and do people doing hardcore people doing, I mean, like I had a, there's a write up of that tape of my tape, uh, like a week or two ago where it was just like, really, it's amazing that there's somebody doing something like that's, that's outside of the, the country music norm here. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's like <laughs> hundreds of people doing other kinds of music here. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like when you think about the concept of, you know, a collaborative band or a, or a band that like tours and, and does other things that that bands, do you feel like that's just like in, in your rear view at this point or is it something where, I, I think it would have to be, yeah, I mean, it have to be a really unique situation for that to happen again. Like, I, I really like recording and I really like composing. Um, I think, like, performance-wise, it would be, I mean, for this music, I don't, I honestly have no clue how to do this music um, <laughs> in front of people. I don't know how that would work. You would either, you would either need, like, one guy pushing a button on a laptop and, like, a really elaborate stage show, or you need to have, like, 40 people, I think, one or the other. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I've thought about, like, hey, I, I'm not, there's no way I'm getting on stage and playing a laptop. Like, there's, yeah. there's no way. That's not happening. Because <laughs> um, there's nothing more I, compelling, of course, than a, a guy pushing a button on a laptop. No, there's no way I'm doing that. I would do, like, I would, I would, hap- I would like, happily lend this music to a performance or something or like if yeah. somebody wanted to do like a gallery thing like that would be fun that'd be cool vibe to to like oh, add like to a, like but a gallery installation that has your stuff playing in the background that'd be cool i could see that yeah really well actually yeah yeah um i mean like eventually if i was gonna play i don't know like my wife plays music she makes she she writes christina writes she was um i can't remember if she was in hoag when you guys um when replicator played here um she she was there was an album dr cowboy she was she yeah was on. 
Yeah. Um, um, and I she think plays. We, I think we played. We played. We played when she was in the band. But I don't think it was in Boston. I think I might have been in, in SF. Okay. If I remember, because that would have been like. Um, that would have been later on. That would have been like uh, 2007, maybe, right? Like yeah, yeah, it was 2007 and 8-ish. Maybe it could have been Boston. Maybe that was the last tour. We, I don't remember. You know, nobody cares. Literally nobody cares, even me. It's too old. Yeah. It's a long time ago. <laughs> hey, remember the show we played 13 years ago? Yeah. Okay, fine. But, yeah. It's anyway. like if that, like going like to that old Nirvana thing, it's like 13 years ago, that's like if I was in middle school, that's like you telling me about Led Zeppelin, basically. Right, exactly. They'd be like, what? what? <laughs> Why are you Why telling are you me about, about this? this? Nobody cares. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I would be, I would love to, like, I would, I would perform, like, in a rock band again, like, if, if those kind of situations ever, ever come up. Um, you know, like I was saying, like, I play with a dude who's awesome. Yeah. Um, and we've been just sidelined. And we'll see, we'll see what happens with any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Is that the, the, um, I'm blanking on the name of, of, of that. Uh, what, what's the, the name of that? that band that project what was it uh, we don't even have a name we've only gone back and forth for three years trying to figure out what oh really oh okay what the name would be yeah yeah um no that's just like just a guy like like someone that we've only i've only started playing with here in nashville um and and we're just very slow old we're old well, old and slow you're, you're it's hard right to it's hard of time for to be slow because everything else is slow too as well as yeah well, and it's also weird because it's like we don't want to. I don't want to like start a rock band now because like I've even seen with the, like right now. What do you? There's nothing to do. There's just yeah. you start an Instagram account, <laughs> and like that's your whole existence <laughs> is an Instagram account, and you're just like churning out content. And you're doing little videos and stuff, yeah. and that's that's you know that's fun. But some I don't know. Is there's some stuff I'd rather. Is? is that all there is? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a that's a common theme on the show, and that's why it's always interesting to me whenever uh, folks have found uh, ways to stay creative and stay engaged and uh, make cool stuff. You know, outside of the the, the normal, quote unquote, normal uh, ways ways of doing things, and it's uh, you know, it's an interesting record, the Stuff Spider record, and I think it's um, yeah. I hope some folks check it out because I feel I feel like you would be like if you could get. I don't know a popular Netflix show to like latch onto one of the songs or something. Then like I could I could see there being like volumes and volumes of this stuff. Like it's well done. And I say that as someone that oh I appreciate it. I mean, you can ask anyone that's been around me. You know I am heavily critical of all music direction in, in almost every show. So I think it's just lazy and usually you can tell even like what song they tried to replace. And you know it's like oh great, uh, swelling strings, huh? Cool. That nobody thought of that. <laughs> yeah well there's yeah i have some friends that are i have some friends that are like kind of in that in that scene where they're doing like i don't know like like film music and podcast music and stuff like that and there are i guess there are like some there's like three or four tropes of sound effect that uh the director always wants to have like no matter what like no matter how many times you've heard this <laughs> right it's 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 the it's cliche but it's cliche for a reason we need yeah 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 we need to have a we this section needs to be a low a low ominous drone for 
<laughs> yeah, which is the, what really the first song on on my <laughs> tape starts off with. It, it, it nice is. low it, drone. And you know what? I'm 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 not <laughs> I'm not trying to talk trash on drone. I'm I'm just saying that I think it's a, it's coming from uh, like I think it's interesting that you you just got all this stuff from all over and are putting it together. Like in a way, it almost like it reminds me a little bit of uh, that the Project M13 Milk Cult record. Well, not saying anything like that. Uh, in yeah, way, yeah. In the way that the yellow, like, yellow. I can't remember. This is like yellow and blue, like bluish yeah, cartoon yeah, on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That album was awesome. I played that. I was a DJ at at BU, and I I played a, a track off that. I think almost every week. Well, and it, it reminds me of that in the way that it's like, oh, you, there's the disparate things that are put together to kind of make a greater a greater whole. Uh, and in a way that. I feel like if you try to explain too much about it, someone's like, oh, that sounds terrible and I don't want to listen to that. But like if you actually listen to it, it's like, oh, no, it actually works. Like this actually lands. And, and it's it's not that this sounds like that record, but in that same spirit of like putting putting things together to create something new uh, just based on the context of, of the different stuff. I think it does something really neat. It's a, it's a cool record. I think that there's a there's a future with this. And I would say that even even if I hadn't, uh, what'd you say, take the amp apart in, in, in your living room after uh, <laughs> playing with you in Boston? <laughs> I feel like we did that quite a bit, frankly, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's just like memory, like... Uh, so when we were on tour, when Hoag was on tour, our thing, instead of taking amps apart, was our, our drummer was working on, um, oh, I can't remember what the term is, but like getting into the guild for, for plumbing in Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, he was a plumber. And so we, everywhere we went, we got to be known as the band that would fix your toilet. <laughs> That's, that is a great <laughs> reputation to have as a touring band. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eric fixed toilet. He could fix the toilet with, like, almost no tool. We've, I mean, you're on tour, right? Like, a lot of times you get stuck in, like, some crappy venue. Yeah. Like, why don't you go sleep here? And the, sorry, the bathroom's broken. And we'd be like, oh, that stinks. And then they'd leave and Eric would just go fix the toilet. And then we'd, have, we'd live like kings. <laughs> and then you're, <laughs> the, you're the band that didn't break everything. You're the band that fixed everything. And then the next thing you know, you've got a friend for life. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. People wanted us to come back. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, hey, all that taking all the taking of amps apart that Ben did, like he works at line six now and like designs amps and modeling for a living. So, you know, Hey, now, I'm not saying that like I, you know, that had anything to do with it, but oh, worked out. Okay. Eric, for ben. I think, I think Eric became blacklisted by the guild because he, uh, quit to go on tour with us too many times. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, geez. That sucks. Man. The guild. Okay. <laughs> blacklisted the guild. by the guild yeah, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to rub the guild the wrong way don't mess with the guild no <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel like uh do you feel like hoag kind of went down with saying everything that that band needed to say or wanted to say yeah i think so i think like i mean the, the last record we put out was my favorite record but like i listened Dr. to Cowboy, all right? those yeah uh no we did another one after that that was called World World Destroying Zigzags. Oh, which yeah, I, the one that came out. I, uh, yeah, 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 totally. I, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was funny because we did it, and we had, like, in a way, we'd become too jaded with everything. By the time that record came out, we were kind of like, yeah, whatever. Let's, you know, who cares about <laughs> any of this? Like, we did, we went and did the record, and we did it at Machines with Magnets, who are our good friends in Providence, and they... Um, it's just an amazing studio and we got it to sound the way we wanted to sound and it was like a really um, 
it was a really uh, sort of tight knit process where we weren't thinking about the next tour we were going on or anything like that. We just right. were like making the full record. Um, and we got that was I felt like that was like the most democratic sort of uh, democratically created record that we that we did. And it was I thought it, I think it's really great. I love listening to that record. That's one with the gaucho, uh, right? That's uh... the gaucho. Yeah, yeah. I always think that's uh, that, that's one of that's one of my favorite words, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that they used that for a song. That's awesome. Uh, 2012, 2013, yeah, around that neighborhood, right? So, yeah, 2012. Uh, I don't know. We, we that was a great record. I don't know. I think we we said we did what we needed to do with that band. Like we we got everything out that we needed to get out. Um, everybody's kind of moved, you know, spread out and, and moved on. Um, but I, you know, like I always feel lucky that I got to work, play with everybody that was in that band. I mean, every every single person was was incredible. Um, and I was just, I was lucky just to be kind of there in the middle of it, I guess. The uh, you did the kind of compilation of different things too. Was that was that pretty easy? Yeah, we did. We did, yeah for the like you know it was like for the last uh, last show we ever did um, we did a like a B side we basically just did a compilation of all the like loose ends yeah that were floating around um, so on the that's no more masterpieces is the name of that one and it's like uh, you know there's stuff that we recorded for the previous album there's stuff that we did um, you know like for one off compilations and stuff like that there's like some some all synth renditions there's stuff that's like tyler used to do a bunch of game boy music like he, he had um I forget right. what the program's called but you where you, you program everything to a game boy um so there's like one or two of our songs they were just like completely on a game boy arrangement and it's it's a lot of that kind of stuff like it was it was fun to put together and the last the last show we ever did was in september of 2013 um and christina was going on eight months pregnant we did oh, that show, so wow. she was. We don't have any video of that, which is which is a huge regret in my life. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, she played like she was like full on pregnant, like you know, holding the guitar off to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing and just nailing everything, um, because she was like the most precise guitar player, like never, never, um, never flubbing anything. But it's a, kind there, of a situation. But there's like when you're when you're that pregnant, there's like just the practicality of, you know, your, your body is shaped a certain way that may not uh, be optimal fretting. <laughs> it's <you> not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some, so, some there's right. probably some famous guitar player who would hold a guitar like, uh, like a, like side. Like to like the a, side or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of who that would be, but you know, she, she was known for it. Yeah. <laughs> she was, I mean, she was like a, she was a, she had a lot of like sort of, um, different ways of doing things like she I remember early on she emailed Steve Albini to be like how do you do the the guitar strap thing with your with your guitar because he would you know oh, yeah the, like the middle and his guitar strap. around kind yeah, of yeah yeah um so she would check in with him because she didn't she had a sensitive back eventually she had like she had a corset that that had a that she would wear that had that she had like attached the two ends of like a, a strap lock oh okay kind of guitar so she could basically like attach the guitar to the corset yeah um so yeah i mean being i guess like playing pregnant was another in a long line of unorthodox 
guitar mounting scenarios. Well, why not? An orthodox approach for an unorthodox band. And I mean, that as a compliment. Um, <laughs> Matt, this has been great. Thanks so much for doing the show. Sorry for the, for the, for the difficulties. Uh, I think this is a great record. The stuffspider.bandcamp.com. You can get the cassette on Dazzling, Dazzling Yellow cassette. Bright yellow cassette. Yep. You know you want it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last question, only can't question I ever ask anybody is uh, just why do you do what you do? I have no choice. I don't think I, 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 uh, it, it has to happen. It's, it's, uh, it's just bad if I don't do it. It's all, it's, it's all for me. It's a selfish endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, your selfish endeavors has produced some fantastic garden. I, I thank you very much for it. And, uh, it's, uh, I hope, I hope everyone checks it out and hey, let's not make it what eight to 10 years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not at all next. yeah <laughs> yeah we'll do a private zoom next time yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly uh matt parish thank you so much man thank you all right brother bye uh there he goes matt parish stuff spider Okay, that's Kopf Explodert. Like head explode, right? That's what that is? Yeah. Let's try some Hoag.
All right. So we had some uh, stuffed spider. We had some hoag. Indeed. That was uh, off of uh, the word the world. Uh. My God. My God, man. Word from Pluto. Their uh, 2008 record. Hoag. Um, before that, we had some stuffed spider. That is off of the secret speech record. Stuffspider.bandcamp.com. Cool. Yeah, so that's um, that's available now. Stuffspider.bandcamp.com. Hey, Matt Parrish, everyone. That was a. Uh, he's awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Name of the show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. The show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, on Radio Nope. Say yes to Nope. As we come to the close of our broadcast ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you like the show and you'd like to get episodes sooner, uh, $1 a month. Patreon.com slash Reversal. One dollar a month will get you there. Thanks, everybody, for sending the episodes around, liking, subscribing, all that business. It's always appreciated. Thank you for listening. That's always nice as well. Stay tuned. We got a lot going on. A lot coming up. Appreciate you spending time with me in this show. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And take it easy. Out on Route 128, you're dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. broadcasting if there's no one there to receive it's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast day
<laughs> there's a time there's a time that replicator played in boston and and uh you guys stayed at my place and i remember like something happened to your amp and you spent you guys spent probably like i feel like it was five hours taking the with Train, the amp completely disassembled in my kitchen <laughs> fixing the whole thing and i was like man you guys if that was me, I would have just like given up and just was like, I, we're, there's only one guitar in our band for the rest of this tour. Yeah, I, I, we're slam so, poets now. I don't know what now. to do. <laughs> just, we, we're slam poets. I don't, play, I don't play guitar now. What's a guitar? I'm just going to wander around the, the club. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll try and sell this head for 50 bucks now. Thank you. <laughs>